Welcome to the Aaron Smith Podcast, a place to discover your mental, emotional, and spiritual resiliency. I am your host, Aaron Smith. Let's get it going. All right, everybody. Thank you and welcome to podcast episode number three. I am Aaron Smith, and today we are going to bring you our very first guest on here. Um, We're going to sit down and talk a little bit about counseling and some of the stigmas around counseling and some basic questions that we, I think, all have as first responders. So my guest today is Mrs. Lori Queda. Lori, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Okay, so Lori is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan. She has her own private counseling practice, Embracing Hope Counseling in Battle Creek, Michigan, with over 10 years of counseling experience. Lori graduated with a bachelor's degree from Michigan State University, Go Green. Yeah. And with a master's in counseling degree from Spring Arbor University. She counsels individuals and couples. Her focus includes working with law enforcement and first responders and provides crisis intervention when needed. Lori gives credit to a police officer for helping save her life 30 years ago. She treats individuals with depression, anxiety, PTSD, acute stress, addictions, relational difficulty, mood disorders, and compassion fatigue. Lori's training has included critical incident stress management, human trafficking by the Michigan Human Trafficking Task Force, trauma model therapy, CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy, DBT, which is Dialectical Behavioral Therapy. Thank you, I still can't figure that (laughs) out. All right, domestic violence, sexual abuse, and substance abuse. Her experience has involved leading groups. Past groups have included crisis management, trauma, sexual abuse, domestic violence, and substance abuse. She has helped lead groups in the Calhoun County Jail working with female inmates. And I know recently, of course, you've worked with the Calhoun County Sheriff's Department as part of their critical incident stress management team. Yes, I do. All right. So we got through that. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) So thank you. Yeah. So um, I'm going to steal our first segment from another podcast. It's called The Mad Minute. Ooh. The Team Never Quit podcast is uh, really one of my faves, and uh, it's with Marcus Luttrell and... um, David Rutherford, if you guys out there listening to this, check out their podcast. They are hilarious guys, but they talk about very serious topics. So what they do is they first bring their guests in and try to lighten them up and get their brain going with the mad minute. So we're just going to ask you a couple questions just to get you warmed up and get uh, get to know you a little bit. So Lori, what was your very first car? Oh, it was a Ford Escort. What color? It was red. What year? What year was it? It's got to be in the 80s. It was in the, the 80s. 1981. No? 81. Let's say 81. Okay. All right. Second question. Are you a cat person or a dog person? Oh, for sure a dog. For sure a dog. All right. If you were to compete in the Olympics, what sport would you play? Would you compete in? I guess you don't play. I would compete in, well, I'm a runner, so definitely a marathon. Marathon. Perfect. I would try to sprint only because they look so sweet sprinting <laughs> and it just amazes me how they can go that fast and put out that much effort so okay um here's a good one for you if you had to sing karaoke oh <laughs> what song would it be if you were forced to oh if i was forced to uh one of my favorite songs right now uh would be i raise a hallelujah okay so i would sing karaoke for that one probably okay 
And that probably wouldn't be at a bar or anything if that was your favorite. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Um, this go, this this will line up with your line of work here. Would you rather be able to teleport anywhere in the world or read people's minds? Uh, probably read people's minds. Yeah. I, yeah. I, would, I would definitely teleport. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to know what people are thinking. So, and we'll just keep those ones short. So, um, thanks for playing along. Those are kind sure. of fun, a little bit different questions. So, we're going to yeah, kind of get into fun. the topic of counseling. And I think in the first responder community, counseling is kind of a taboo subject. A lot of people really stay away from it. A lot of people will, I guess, admit or speak about counseling to a certain degree. But I think one of one of the things I hear as a, as a police officer a lot of times, or what I heard in the past before I was very open with counseling, is that mm -hmm. people, first responders, are hesitant to seek counseling for the fact that they don't feel that a counselor can relate to them as far as their job, being a police officer, a corrections officer. Uh, in other words, like, they don't know what I've been through. They don't see what I see. They're not going to understand what I've gone through. And I mean, I did go through a little bit of that myself. I was part of my hesitancy for first seeking counseling. But what would you say to a person that, that kind of had that statement or had that idea in their head that you just can't relate to me because you don't understand what I do? Um, yeah, as a counselor, um, to be effective, you don't have to be in the same profession to be able to help um, an individual. And what's important is it's not always necessarily the event, which is very, very important of what's happened, but it's really your takeaway. Mm -hmm. um, like what you thought about, what happened, your reactions, your emotions, um, when you walk away from it. And mm -hmm. so really it is, as humans, we all experience that and work through <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's a lot of the same things, whether you know you're a police officer or a postal worker right. or a nurse, or right. it, it just really applies to everybody. We're we're all human. We all yeah. have thoughts and feelings, and right. And we respond events to things, that happen. Yeah, and we go through things. We we compare stress. And one thing I was talking to Lori about before asking these questions earlier today was that, like, you know, if you were to have a, a postal employee come in here that says, well you don't understand me, you're not a postal employee. We like to compare our trauma and our stress, I think, a lot as first responders. We do go through a lot and we do see a lot, but yeah, I, I'm more interested in coming to counseling as Aaron Smith, the person. Right. Yes, the police officer, because sure. I believe that's what most of the trauma was from, was my 18 years, now 20, as that, but I'm also a father. Um, and a husband and a son, and I want. I'm. I'm looking to get the whole person fixed. So, sure. Yeah, I think that's a Very good important. idea. To, yeah, to break that up and like, well, you don't understand me. Nobody understands us except for us, unless you can find, you know. And we do enough of that. We counsel each other, right, at the bars right. and right. At the coffee table and things mm -hmm. like that. So, mm -hmm. perfect. Um, so the next thing I kind of wanted to talk about is, um, there's a another kind of stigma or taboo about seeking counseling is that people or officers I know specifically are afraid of being labeled unfit for duty should they seek counseling or should they go and talk to somebody they think they'll be thrown at a desk job or um, have their you know badge and gun taken away or things like that but as a counselor your your job is not to give somebody a fit for duty evaluation that is that correct that's correct okay so 
if I come in here as a counseling or for count to seek counseling, I am here as a person with the same privacy as anybody else, unless of course, what? You have a duty to report. I do. Yep. I'm a man mandatory reporter. Okay. As mm -hmm. first responders are as well. Yes. Teachers and things like that. So if I came in here telling you like, hey, I've had some, um, some suicidal thoughts or I've really don't want to live anymore or this is just too much for me, would that be something that you would have to report back to my employer? No, I would not. Okay. When would it come to a point that you would have to break our confidentiality and report, basically report me? When it, um, when it looks like maybe either the individual is um, at risk of harming themselves or others, or if there's any type of child abuse or neglect or elder abuse, mm -hmm. um, those are situations where I would have to break confidentiality. Okay. But overall, that's not your, your purpose, isn't to go to our employer and say, hey, you know, I've had Aaron in here and man, he's really really struggling with some no, stuff just so you no, should know not at just all. because he's a police officer no. okay and I think that was that was kind of the thing so you're not looking for any type of you know evaluation as far as us being fit for duty you're simply here to let us vent and, and right get our stuff out there and, and it's completely confidential yes okay. I am both legally and ethically bound right to protect the privacy of my clients okay perfect so that should break that up like I don't know where that came from. I never personally went through that that feeling of like, well, they're gonna take me off the job. I think more than anything, I was looking for that help of like, I hope they take me off the <laughs> job. Like, I'm in a bad way here. So, okay, perfect. So once we, so we know those kind of two issues are out of the way, you know, yeah, your counselor doesn't have to be a first responder. And no, they're not looking to evaluate you as far as fit for duty for a job. Um, what what would you tell a first responder that's listening to this, like some of the main main benefits of counseling? How can it help and how would it benefit them if they're kind of wondering if, questioning themselves, like is counseling for me? What is it gonna do? How is it gonna help me? As a counselor, like I can tell them as a police officer what it's done for me. So as a counselor, what would you tell somebody that was kind of thinking about coming in and having some sessions? Well Counseling definitely could provide some tools um, that they could utilize mm -hmm. um, at home, um, in their marriages, or if we're dealing with substance abuse, different types of tools, and self-awareness to increase an individual's self-awareness is really key, mm -hmm. that they can start to look within themselves. Yeah. And counseling is definitely a place to be able to just kind of get away from the outside world right. and come in and actually begin able to focus yeah. um, on themselves and, and really do some searching and soul searching yeah. about what it is that might be, you know, causing the trouble in their life or their marriages terrible or right. you know just some of those things yeah and I think that's that's the biggest thing we hear that a lot especially in today's world like do some soul searching and look within yourself and it sounds kind of like some mystical new agey thing but I think the bottom line is that it is counseling is a tool and it's a very effective tool but what we have to understand as a person coming to counseling is that we have 
we are responsible. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, does that, is that correct? Yes, like, that is correct. You can tell me everything I need to know, but if I'm not really doing what you're just saying, like really like sitting down and being honest with myself and that looking within is, is really where it is at, you know, as far as I'm concerned or, or as far as like what helped me. So with that, it is a tool, right? Like I think sometimes we think, well, I'll go to counseling and, or I'll do this or I'll get on this medication or whatever. And we think it's this quick fix. And none of this is, I don't think, especially when we're dealing with mental health, it took us a long time to get this wound up. It takes a long time to unwind it and to get, <laughs> yes, to get straightened out. It is a process. Yeah. So I, I also looked at it was like having somebody, you in particular, as an outside person that could sit and talk with me and get to know me and then for lack of a better term check me on what I was dealing with yeah that's a good way to put it and I know that we talked about some people are like hey I've been to a counselor once or twice and um, I'm really into the long-term counseling um, because I remember specifically being in your office for a couple of months at least when I questioned <laughs> counseling myself what is the purpose sure. of this I've been kind of unloading all this stuff the past couple months or few months or whatever it was. When are we getting to the nuts and bolts of this? And then um, I was confronted by you with the anger issues that I was dealing with and the control issues. And once that was kind of diagnosed by you or seen by you, um, that was hard to deal with. That was that self-reflection part of, okay, great. Like that hit me hard. I had to go home and really, it gave me those tools that you just talked about. Mm -hmm. You have to go home and work on this. So that's, that's one thing. If I can tell anybody listening to give it time, because we have, um, and I don't know if I said this earlier or not, but I've talked to several folks in my community, first responder community that think that counseling is a one or two visit fix or hey, I'll go every once in a while. Can you kind of help us out with understanding, and I know everybody is quite different in what they're going through, how long counseling is gonna take, but um, a lot of programs out there will give you a handful of visits or this or that or the other thing, but is counseling really something that you, you feel personally that you can just visit every once in a while and call it good? Well, under those circumstances, um to be able to maybe just come once in a while. Um, that would be somebody that was more just wanting to come in for like a maintenance check is right. kind of what I call it. Okay. But initially, no, I think it's very difficult to be able to provide much in counseling for just a couple sessions. Right. Um, you're barely even getting started. Okay. Um, and there's so many different things to, because a lot of times what looks like the problem is, is really not the problem, right. but it does take some time to really right. discover what the real issue is. Yes. Quite often. Surface problems, and but you really... Exactly. Yeah. And so it does take well. a while. Okay. And it's very much of a process. Okay. So what we're saying to folks out there listening is that, like, don't expect to go once or twice or even three or four times and think you're going to walk out hallelujah, I'm cured, right? Like, right, This right. is a process, right. just like anything else when we talk about, you know, the tools for mental health and emotional health and the resiliency. Resiliency takes time, and we're in, in a world of, you know, the six-minute abs and, 
you know, got to have everything now yeah. and instant this and instant that. Mm, it's just fix. unbelievable. And mm -hmm. that is not the way that, uh, that this works. So cool. Um, outside of, so the next thing I want to just touch on briefly before we end this is um, besides filling out copious amounts of paperwork as police officers do and firefighters and all of our first responders, they come in to see you. There's obviously going to be some paperwork, but what, what would you say or what should somebody expect their first couple of sessions? Like they hear this podcast and they're saying, you know what, I'm going to give this counseling a try. Um, what, what would you say to them the first couple of visits? First couple of vis visits really entail giving the individual an opportunity um, to kind of share what's going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. and so it's just kind of a real casual kind of talking, where are you, you know, what's going on, kind of building a trust relationship okay. um, up, up front and doing some validation, different types of things. Doing, I do a lot of listening because a lot of times there's with so much that they haven't talked about, they just kind of need to get it out. Right. Okay. You know, initially. So. Yeah. And I know that was. I'm sorry. I know that was probably a hard question. You're dealing with people with maybe like so many, so many things going on that they're just kind of like, well, one or two sessions, we're just getting started probably would be the case in a lot of people. So, yes. I mean, you have to have yes. that starting point, but initially, hey, come in, it's just like going to, you know, your first lunch with somebody, you just kind of a casual getting to know them maybe. And I'm sure that some people maybe open up those first couple sessions versus other people that, yes. you know, because I know with me specifically, there was, um, I, for a few months, it was just kind of like, I'm going to tell you some about my job, but to really get down into you know, specifics of, I still think about this. I still really have problems with this. And that's on that real personal level that, that that's where I'm saying, give this some time because there's a lot of stuff there that needs to be worked on. And I think we do work mainly on this, on our surface problems, right? a bad day yes. here and there, a call here and there, but what's really bothering you. And that's that looking inside. And, that's the part that takes a lot of time. And it's hard. It's hard work. And I don't want to tell folks out here, I, I mean I do, I want to tell you emphatically that getting fixed mentally, I think and emotionally, especially depending on where you're at, it's hard work. You're going to get out of it what you put into it. Exactly. And think of all the years that we were kind of messed up or experienced trauma, you have to undo all that and uh, it's that's tough stuff. So, okay. Well, I really think that's about it. We just wanted to kind of chit chat a little bit and talk about some of these, I think, stigmas for lack of a better term. I, I use that too much, but that's kind of what we deal with in this world. It is. is. is it a really stigma is. is just kind of a unfounded response or it's something that's just not true. It's, it's false. I guess is what I'm trying to say, but stigma is the best way I can put it because there's just a lot of things out there that aren't true about counseling that we wanted to touch base on. So um, I think we will leave it at that. And um, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for here. having me. Yeah, I think as we get into this, we'll, we'll probably touch base maybe on some deeper stuff later down the road. But um, if anybody wants to get on this uh, um, 
journey of counseling and think that that's something that you would uh, like to try out or like to give Lori a call. Lori's probably best able to be contacted on Facebook. That's a great way. Okay, Embracing Hope LLC on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, all Lori's information is on there. If you wanna reach out to her uh, with a phone call or get, a, get something set up, I really highly recommend it. And um, with that, thanks again, and we will talk to you soon, hopefully. Thank you, Aaron.